0: Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverell. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverell. I'm Chris Sasser, and we are here today with our friend Richie Marshall, who is the executive pastor at Port City Community Church. in Troy, we're talking about a topic that I know has been on your heart for a long time. So why don't you um, introduce people to the topic? We had a conversation last time about this. It was part one, and we're diving into part two. So Troy, just remind everybody what it is we're talking about. Yeah, we're talking about soul
1: care <laughs> for the leader, for the caregiver, um, of which I think all of us play some role or some way in which we are responsible or feel the responsibility to lead and care for other people, uh, whether it's our family, our kids, our husband, our wife, or the, the roles that we play during the week. Um, so today, yes, Richie Marshall with uh, Port City Community Church is with us as our voice, I hope, uh, this week, just to, to feed into us just this whole principle of uh, taking care of our souls from which uh, the places where we, which we give to other people.
0: Mm -hmm. And we spent last week talking uh, just a lot about different ways that leaders neglect their own soul care and uh, kind of how we get into difficult situations. And Richie, I know it's been um, hard for you and a whole bunch of other leaders throughout the last year or so. So maybe just talk a little bit about, and Troy, you too, just from what you've heard, just what are some of the difficulties that um, have surrounded leaders, church leaders, ministry leaders, business leaders over the course? of the last year or so and how have they th- those those struggles kind of just played out in life
2: yeah, I, for me, I don't know that I've ever seen it more difficult than I have right now in this last season that we're kind of coming out of. And, and I say that, I mean, jokingly on leadership, we, you know, we've kind of said, wow, that was the hardest season. And then for, you know, we're in another season. That's and right. It's just <laughs> the as next hard. week is a hard season um, again. But this one Ooh. has felt extra hard. And I think, you know, as a leader, every decision feels like the consequences are just so high and they impact different people so dramatically. And it's just been such an emotional time for so many people and we've been in a place where we've been forced to make imperfect decisions with imperfect information and our culture has been so quick to react to whatever those decisions are that it oftentimes as a leader will leave you feeling like you're alone or that you you know you're just you're in it by yourself
0: Yeah I know for you you've been in a lot of those different situations over the last year or so so what are some things that you have done to kind of protect your heart? Yeah, if you will, in the midst of that, because you can take a lot of bullets yeah. for decisions. And,
2: and I think part of that is, you know, kind of as I said at our, when we were together last time, it was really about having people around you in a place to sound off with is, is to so that you don't feel that you're in it alone. Yeah. It reminds right. you that you're not in it mm. alone um, when someone else is with with you kind of bearing the pressure of those things. Yeah.
0: So uh, for either one of you, what have been some of the kind of ways that you've seen other leaders kind of struggle with the last year of leadership?
1: You know, I was just listening to him, and I, and I have this question. It's kind of you're asking a question, but I have a no, question as well. But it's, I think I would answer that with this question is like, are, are the structures that we're in, are they are they the structure themselves? Whether or not that's a position in church uh, that you have or churches, how they operate, or perhaps the business place that you work, um, or whatever you do during the week, if you're a part of some kind of structure is that structure really set up so that you have an environment where soul care is truly encouraged? Or does that structure uh, drown that out or keep that from happening? Because I, because when I look back and I was just thinking, I was listening to Richie going, there was a, there was a day about, gosh, 20 years ago when I walked out of church life uh, as a, an associate pastor and I think I was in recovery, sitting actually in this church for two years, um, and just feeling the freedom that—that's not having to be in this from a leadership standpoint, and how refreshing it was to be out. Well, that was two years. So, but people can't just necessarily walk out of the structure without losing their their livelihood. Um, but the goodness that came from that. So it's like I'm aware. Like we're here talking about soul care and how to do this individually but i know so many people that are listening they're walking back into an environment tomorrow or monday and they're going to have to find out how do i do this when the structure that i'm in really does not give a flip yeah. you know and so i was like man i'm grateful and i was a list, thinking about richie and just many pastors and leaders are in such settings where i can't imagine have thousands of people you know, are under my care, not necessarily directly, but I have to influence so many people that they're going to influence people. How do you create this environment to provide a soul care for individuals, which is, I think, first and foremost, should really be our mission as leaders and caregivers to people. But this is, this is not about a, a structure's vision. This is about you know, for the believers, like, what has God asked us to, to do in this simple and quiet life? So I don't even know if I answered your question. <laughs> as much as I'm begging this question back, like, this is a structure that we may or may not have.
2: And I, I think what you're asking, Troy, is is legitimate, and it's, it's really a fair... Um... Critique even of the church because we do often get tied up with the programs and the events and the gatherings and all the business of the church, so to mm. speak. And, and forget about the very rhythm that God's created us to, to live in. And, you know, we've battled that. Um, SAS can attest to that as a staff. We've tried to create, um, you know, giving people these rest retreat days. You know, we do two of them, you know, each mm. half of the year for people to take a day. You know, you're paid and you can pull away. Um, we have a sabbatical policy in place that comes up where people can take extended time, you know, weeks and weeks on end, you mm. know, every seven years, um, for those that are, you know, giving the deep kind of care you're describing. Um, but yeah, in the secular world, how do people do that is a, mm. is a real, real challenge, and that's one of the things I go back to, again, having someone around you or a group mm. of people, and, and the thing is... I think this is such an important thing. Don't wait for the structure for someone else to figure this out for you. Go and ask somebody. Don't Mm -hmm. wait for a mentor to come to you and say, hey, I'd love for us to go grab coffee and maybe hang out on a weekly basis and just see how we're doing. Go ask someone. Mm. Look around to someone and find that person to do it for you. Don't wait for it to happen. I think it's too important. That's good. I mean,
1: you're basically saying, hey, some structures, you know, if we're intentional and we have influence and can affect that environment to be an environment that does actually offer soul care or encourage it in that direction, then, you know, we're going to have to say, all right, I don't have that. um, But I can go get that somehow, some way. I think what I find you were asking earlier, Chris, about this from maybe what I observe in the counseling room with people's lives is that I I think that they get and we get so defeated in that this is not in our lives and it's not in the way in which I spend seven days six or five days a week where I work which is the predominant time that I have it's like so deflating and so I maybe go over here to church once a week and I think that's good but I don't think that's enough yeah
0: yeah yeah. I think two things. One is I, I think I know Richie and our culture, uh, and this you know comes from you and Mike and, and is modeled very well from the top. Is, is there's the freedom for uh, anybody here on staff? And I think in a lot of ministries and other churches that I know of, mm-hmm. there's the freedom to do it. But yeah. so there's not a, like a, a pressure coming from your boss to have to perform, quote unquote. But it comes from you. Mm-hmm. Like there's this internal: Can I really give myself a half day to go do this? Can I really take time? When I'm you know at my job doing this, there's almost a guilt that people I think associate with the soul care that we have to get rid of. Yeah. Because if we don't, we're in trouble. And so anybody who's in a ministry or or okay. any kind of an environment where you have the freedom to do it, do it. Mm. <laughs> don't, you know, feel guilty about it. And then I agree, you know, if, if you're in an environment or a structure that doesn't provide it for you. You gotta go get it. Yeah.
2: Right? And, and because we do, we live in such a production based yes. culture that's right. and a performance based culture. Even in culture, the ministry world. Even in the ministry world. That to to do nothing feels like doing nothing. That's right. You mm. know what I mean? yeah. And yeah. and that's just simply not the case if you're intentional with that.
1: Yeah. You know, that's you right. used, you used a word a minute ago that I, I think is a, a barrier if it's not necessarily encouraged around us, is we feel guilty mm. if we if we do this. And I was looking back at a time where we went, uh, a group of counselors and psychologists and psychiatrists went to a um a place out in Tennessee where we got to be the ones that were given to. And it was fantastic. And so much to the point now that when I'm helping people go to these places, um and there's a resistance because they feel bad about it, I'm like, I would go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send me. Yeah, right. Because we're such in need of that but there is this guilt that if i need this kind of care and help then what does that say about me and i think it goes over to what richie's talking about is because somehow it says that i haven't performed or done something right and it's like wow we are we're we're, we're working from an empty tank and then feel feeling guilty because we're working from an empty yeah. tank
0: yeah 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 and i think there's something um, about all of us that doesn't want to admit we're broken and we need it yeah, even though we know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny. I, just personally, I, I see this in my daughter right now. She's fourteen, and you know, she she has a hard time accepting help and you know things that we're trying to give and provide for her that we know her soul needs. And her like she verbalized at one time, I don't want to admit that I'm broken. Yeah. And I just wonder if that kind of mindset yeah. travels with us into our adult. Yeah. Age and, and we we can't give ourselves permission to be able to do the soul care because in some way I should be able to handle this right. and when I can't there's pain involved
2: yeah because yeah, we're taught we're supposed to be self sufficient right. self reliant gotta be strong gotta, gotta be, be a be leader strong, all, all these things to handle it yeah. and and that's one of the biggest enemies to being a healthy leader absolutely wow. um, is is that mindset
1: I, you know thinking of, of what you're saying right here I, I'm also reflecting back. When we went to the specific place out in Tennessee, there was a a doctor that was a part of it, and um, we actually had to do an experience where we got out of a maze blindfolded, and there was a the cue was you you had to get out, um, but you you could only raise your hand if you could not get out, and if you raised your hand, someone would come over and try to help you. So I couldn't get out, and I remember the question that came over is. Um, and I was just like, it's this way. And they wouldn't tell me. And finally the, the person asked me to help. He says, he goes, that's what you're wanting. In other words, you're wanting answers. What is it you need? And I said, I need help. Mm. And he said, you're free. So the key to getting out of that maze was to just say, I need help. Wow. And in so much of our human nature is that I've got to find a way out. Well, there was this one doctor who, who would not leave the maze and stood up like this against? And you, I know the listeners can't see me.
2: Arms folded, <laughs> arms
1: folded, and she used expletive language and said, "I am not answer, I'm not asking that question." Wow! And the reason is her pride would not ask, let her ask for help. Yeah.
2: And 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 Troy, you just hit on what I think is the number one trait of effective leaders, and it's humility. Oh, wow. And you have to have the humility to be willing to say, I don't know, and I need help.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, that's a good place for us to take a quick break. We're going to step aside for a moment, and when we come back, I know Rich has got some really practical things that he's going to share with us. So you're listening to A Voice of Hope.
3: Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with A Voice of Hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Chris, and their guest, it's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together.
0: Well, hello and welcome back to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverell and Chris Sasser. And we're here with our friend Richie Marshall, executive pastor at Port City Community Church, just talking about soul care of a leader. And we've spent a lot of time talking about how we as leaders sort of get uh, behind the eight ball, and we, we don't do what we need when it comes to kind of taking care of our soul. And Richie, and I, you've got some real practical things that we can finish with to share with folks around how we as leaders can, can make sure we're doing this well.
2: Yeah, so one of the things I tell a lot of our staff, and the way I word it is, you know, we talk about working in it, and working on it. So working in it would just be, those are kind of the day-to-day things. i got to get these things done. They come at you all the time. It's email, it's projects, it's all of those things. Um, But working on it is something you've got to pull yourself out, um, and which is also a great time to evaluate yourself as a leader and seeing what are the things that I need to be working on. And you can't do that while you're working in it. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of just a practical thing that I think um, that I often say to a lot of our staff.
0: Yeah, and one of the ways really that I've good. heard it kind of explained before is um, it's called balcony time. Mm-hmm. And it's if you kind of picture a, a factory in the factory floor, and if you're kind of in your your spot and you're doing your work on the floor, you're working in it. But what you have to do is you have to get up in the balcony mm-hmm. and you have to look down in order to work on it. And I think that's that's twofold. Number one, it's, it's looking at sort of what it is that you're producing mm-hmm and kind of the product, if you will, and looking at that and how you can see it differently from different angles. And it's like we've been talking about, it's looking at yourself yeah. as the leader, or as someone who's working Ooh, in it. That's good. So, yeah. yeah good. So and, take balcony time. And,
2: and, and, <laughs> and that, that would be kind of, you know, maybe what I would say if it's kind of a three, you know, for someone that's sitting out there and they're like, I don't even know where to begin with this. You know, that would be the place I would say start is that it's just be really honest with yourself, do a good assessment. And take a day. Take a personal day. Even if you have to take a Saturday, just be intentional, you know, even if your workplace won't allow you the time, but find a place to be really honest with where you are and how you're doing in your leadership. Hmm.
1: That's good. I was thinking about, you know, a couple years ago, I was, you know, took a Sunday, you know, was, should have been in church, perhaps. Some, <laughs> some, people, some people would be thinking. And I actually, I went out in my kayak. It was in the reeds. Um, and... I was just having a great time just being with myself and being with God in nature, mm-hmm. um, and then I began to have these religious thoughts, well, you're not in church, you know, mm-hmm. you should be in church, and at some point, I gained gained the proper clarity of just, I'm with God here, and not not to advocate, hey, we should <laughs> abandon the fellowship, but whatever that might look like is, is just so, so important to do.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of leads to what my next one would be, and it's kind of a, just develop a quiet time, a personal quiet time. And, you know, one of the things I would do is recommend um, just listening to Jesus himself, right? Look at Matthew eleven twenty eight, and he says, Come to me, all you who are weary, come to me. Mm-hmm. And just maybe read through that passage and just meditate on that and yeah. just, you know, see what the Spirit does as you just, you know, spend time and get quiet. That's good. Yeah.
1: Kind of knowing, like, when I'm weary, um, it's... it's- A challenge for me to step back and go, okay, am I tired? Mm -hmm. You know, I may not necessarily physically feel it, but I might actually be tired if I really step back, like you're saying, and examine that
2: piece. And that's that's a critical step. You've got to step back, or you won't know, or again, have trusted people around you that can kind of, hey, I think you may be tired when you can't see it for yourself yeah um and then and, and that would kind of lead the next thing would be to have that tr- uh, a conversation with a trusted person you know reach out this is something you've got to own your health I mean you've got to own that um so be aggressive with that find someone and have a conversation with a trusted person just kind of and and maybe it'd be helpful just to hear what they see in you and and they may be able to see things like you were saying troy that you can't see for yourself that's good that's good
1: I think leaders and caregivers um, sometimes are when they step back and you ask, "Okay, who?" If they don't have that group um, in their life already, it's like when they step back and go, "Who would that be?" Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it stops right there because there's not relationships that have already been built, and perhaps the fear of where, or how do I yeah. start, yeah. you know? And that just becomes a barrier to do it. Yeah. To, to go there
2: and and for anyone in that you know position you know if you're in church i would say hey look within your local body um, look within you know go to your pastor talk with them about you know wh- what you are hoping to achieve um, look around your workplace if you know look for a co- co-worker that seems to be similar minded as you are um, and see if they maybe would be available um, but again don't wait for someone this is a go and get thing that's good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Richie, so as we kind of wrap up the last few minutes together here, have there been t- or, or describe the times in your life when you feel like you've done this well, where you've been able to kind of take care of your soul in the right way and how that has manifested itself for you as a leader, maybe versus the times that you haven't, but really talk kind of more about what has this done for you when, when you do this well?
2: Yeah, yeah I think um, I'll go back to you know, when you looked at what happened in 2018 with Florence and the hurricane, um, it was an incredibly difficult time for our whole community, um, even for our church. And that was a time that I was um, being poured into and being paid, you know, very intentional attention to what I was doing Mm -hmm. um, as far as being like restful and rest retreating. And yet we were dealing with something that was incredibly... Pretty
0: major. I mean,
2: really, really difficult. Um, But at the same time, I just, I, I, just felt, I, felt on purpose. I felt on mission. I didn't feel tired and weary. Energized. I felt energized. That's exactly right. Mm, yeah. and, and that's a time when I could remember, you know, in a very difficult season and why I think it's such an important thing on where are you as far as your health is as a leader. Because had I been unhealthy going into that, it could have ended my ministry, um, Absolutely. Very easily. Yeah. And there's been, I mean, we've had, you know, some internal transitional things that have happened over the years that mm-hmm. have been just really hard and really, really difficult that had I not been in a healthy place, I, I don't know that I could have led through them in a way that produced fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly great. you can lead and make decisions, but a lot of these decisions you find yourself you know when you can do it in a healthy way you have a decision you face and you end up in a better place on the other side that's typically indication that you were a healthy leader.
0: yeah no matter what the decision was exactly. right because cuz you may get the decision right you may get it wrong yeah. you're not sure and, and sometimes there's not a right or a wrong it's just you have to make a decision mm. but if you're healthy on on kind of your side of it then it, it makes all the difference god
2: works as much as you, in you in the wrong decisions you make as he does in the right decisions mm. ooh somebody so needed to hear that being oh, in his presence and being healthy to receive. And that's what healthy really is. It's a posture of receiving.
1: That's really good. Yeah, and To me, I was thinking about something that, you know, I think the last session was thinking about there's a direct correlation between, you know, what goes in comes out. You know, if we're going to be making disciple, which is the going out part, then you just gave an example of, like, that happened easier and better for you because there was good flow into you. That's right. Yeah, That's really good, yeah.
2: That's right. And Mike you know, has always told us that your ministry flows from your walk. That's good. Um, and that's why, you know, it, it, it is kind of a cultural piece for us here at Port City, but we, we legitimately, we believe that deeply, that yeah. the ministry you do can only come from your personal relationship with Jesus. Um, there's no amount of education or competency right. that will compensate for not having a walk with the Lord. No. <laughs> and that's simple.
1: In, in oh, theory. it's theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Theory. Well,
0: and I, I just love the phrase because the phrase does make it very clear that your ministry flows from your walk, not from your how good you are, your yeah, skills right. or your gifts or ability. It flows from your walk with Jesus. Simple to hear, hard to do. Yes, that's
1: right. Simple, not easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of right. those. Yeah.
0: Okay, Troy, so just a couple minutes left. What do you want to kind of summarize the last two conversations that we've had? How do you want to summarize those? Uh,
1: just again, I'm grateful for, for the kind of work that Richie does here and... Just uh, this kind of leadership, care, recognition to yourself, and then your own soul, but but the connection that's made um, in the fact that you're in a place where you're leading and caring for other people, and yet modeling it as well, and allowing for that difficult thing to happen, but but an intentional thing that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So to see and know that it's happening is is good. But I w- my wish would be. Um, again, going back to our mission is just that all of us would be a true voice of hope in the way of where we walk throughout our life, you know, the other five days a week. And whether or not we're leading and caring for others um, in our personal lives or in our business or ministry lives or the work that we do is that we would, we would be that voice of hope by fostering an environment of getting the soul care we need and encouraging that soul care for other people because people are more important than the function they play.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Still good. Still yep. good. Richie, any uh, kind of closing thoughts from you, especially from the, the perspective of um, not necessarily just doing it yourself, but encouraging the, the people that you work with or people that work for you or people that you get to lead to make sure that they're doing this as well? Because we've talked a lot about doing it personally, but what about kind of helping other people around you do it?
2: Yeah, and I I would just say if you're in a position of leadership, um, evaluate the culture around your leadership, and you have an opportunity to impart this kind of culture of self-care in the organization, the business, whatever the case is for you. You have an opportunity, even if it's your family, right? You have this opportunity to impart a culture of retreating and caring for yourself.
0: Yeah, that's great. It goes back to just where you started when we were talking about everybody's a leader in some capacity because it's family and friends and siblings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So
1: it's good for family, especially also when you said that kids to see that mom and dad, Mm. you know, they take care of themselves. Yes. So that they too learn that they need to do that. Yes. And it's not a matter of selfishness. It's just a matter, again, going back to what he was saying, is that we can't give to other people in life if we don't have an influx into our own. Yeah. And so a parent modeling that to their children is freedom. Yes. You know, and so again the kid gets the message of, you know, I too am not just under performance. I'm I'm I've got to to, to get something in this life that's pleasurable with my walk with God yeah. and be poured into. Yeah. And we
0: didn't talk about that a lot, but that is probably the first place yeah. that we all need to do it is, yeah. is with our family, So sweet. Yeah. yeah. Well, Richie, thank you so much for joining you, us Richie. for a couple of conversations. Um, as Troy was saying, we all do just want to be a voice of hope, uh, that comes from our relationship with Jesus. So if you want to hear more from a voice of hope, you can go to agape-counseling.org or equip and encourage.com. We really appreciate you joining us and we, uh, we'll talk to you again next time on a voice of hope.